Hello, and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. Welcome back, guys. Welcome to episode 100. I'm very excited. I mean, obviously, you've listened to 99 episodes of quality content. No, I'm kidding. Only a few of you have done that. But those of you that have, mad props and thank you. And I so appreciate your willingness to be a part of my musings and ramblings. But those of you that maybe have intermittently caught stuff, thank you as well. It is such an honor and such an exciting thing for me to be able to walk with people in their stories. And people in the podcasting sphere literally invite others in solely for recreational purposes, solely for self-edification or betterment. There is zero benefit to you to choose my podcast over however else you could spend your time. And you've made this commitment and this investment, and that's insanely cool. And thank you for that. I said there was zero value. I hope there's value. I'm saying there's no reward given for tuning in for 100 episodes, except just copious amounts of appreciation. One of the things I want to talk about today is It's actually a place where I've had to cultivate a lot of intentional humility in my own life because I am so passionate about my ways and why my ways work. And I want to share all of my knowledge and all of my success with other people and just create this map and say, just do what I did and go forth and do, and you will have rampant success. Although I still haven't had rampant success, but you know, fingers crossed going forward. But here's the thing. We often get so excited about change. And then when we have success in our changes, we often invite other people into our stories and we're like, here, I have this thing for you. I have this, the secret sauce, or I have this magic pill. I have something for you that if you just took it, if you just did this, if you just used this, your life would be overhauled. And then often what happens when people aren't as excited about things as we are, we can experience a sense of rejection because other people just aren't as Invested. But a lot of that is coming from our own need to be validated in our own choices. What feels better than me overhauling my life, finding a solution, and then passing it on to someone else, helping their life get better? What feels better than that? That's amazing. I want to be a part of that. It's just so cool. But what if people decide that our way isn't their way? Our way isn't the best for them. So my friend Joe had said to me around a year ago, he said, Steph, even if someone had your same temperament, your same disposition, your same passion and drives, they'd still probably do things radically different than what you do because your ways are just your ways. It's not a good, better, best situation. It's just how you choose to do them. And I was like, but Joe, the thing is, if they did it my way, imagine how good their life would be. Now, of course, I said this as my life was in a kind of giant spiral and uh, it wasn't a dumpster fire per se, but it wasn't pretty. So why wouldn't people want to do things my way, right? But the issue that we run into is when we decide that others not doing things our way is somehow personal. And so I walk with seniors in high school and one of, and I've shared this in the past, one of the projects that I have them work on is called design thinking, where they go through and they chart different courses for their life. So they have to pick what a path might look like if they went to trade school, what a path might look like if they went to a conventional four or five year college program, what life might look like if they decided to go right into the workforce. Because the thing is, none of those are right or wrong outcomes. They're just choices. And so what I what I try to do with 
them is destigmatize the understanding that there's one right path for them. I try to take away the emphasis that there's a right and a wrong as you proceed going forward. Now back to Joe, one of the things he's really helped me with is there's the difference between right and wrong and asking the question, what's the wise decision? And that really has been a pivotal question that I've been able to ask myself, especially over these last couple months, and really recalibrate on the idea that there's right and wrong. There's a lot of wise decisions that we can engage, and then there are less wise or less helpful decisions that we can engage. But we have to get out of the dichotomy of there's a right way, i.e. our way, and a wrong way, which is all the other places that we could go with whatever change we want to make. And that's what today's episode is about, is thinking through what does it mean to kind of open-handedly offer some of our ideas of how to change and then be totally okay with it if people go in a different direction. So I use the very simplistic anecdote of structured eating. Let's say in a structured eating plan, someone experiences success by doing Adkins or even a touch more aggressive, they do full out keto. Possibly that structure is not your preferred method. You instead decide to do the Mediterranean diet. Or perhaps you've decided that macro counting is for you. Perhaps you've decided that intermittent fasting is your jam. Maybe you go with medical intervention. Maybe you do a tracking program like Weight Watchers. Maybe you do something like Beachbody and some of their flexible eating. Every one of those, if you're utilizing a calorie deficit, it's going to lead to success. Now, the arrogance comes in when I, and okay, once upon a time, I was a, would we say like a, a keto fight? We could say that. I did like three years strong of keto and I wanted to pass that baton on to anyone who would listen. But it was a way. It's not the only way. It's a way to get outcomes. And honestly, for someone who has a lot of restricted eating in her past, keto worked for me until it didn't. And so then with that new knowledge, I want to warn people about keto and say, ooh, if you're in a binge restrict type of cycle, maybe keto's not for you. But that's based on my experience. What happens is often when we experience success with something, or perhaps the inverse, when we experience some sort of distress with something, we want to shout it from the rooftops. Especially with success, we want to say, this is the thing I've been waiting for, and you have to try it too. And the problem with that is it's the thing that worked for us. It's not necessarily the best course of action for someone else. So if people don't do things our way, we're going to have to ease up. When we take it personal, it stops being about them. It's about us. It's about our desire to be the solution. We decide we know something. We have the secret sauce. We've seen the light. We know all the things. But we had to go through a process to come to that conclusion. We had to go through a process to find that secret sauce, to see the light, and something in our narrative shifted where we were willing to commit to something. But that was our process. And insisting that other people do it our way is an act of arrogance. Now, often it's laced with love. It's laced with a desire to help. Maybe it's even an authentic desire to help others. But there is arrogance in our way when we decide that our way is the only way. We want them to have success because it somehow often validates us and our journey and our success. And I can hear people push back and say, Steph, I want to help people because I want to help people and it says nothing about me. But the thing is, we often have mixed motives. And if there's a reason why we so ardently want to impart our way, I would say at least part of that is tied up in the understanding that we feel our way is somehow superior. But what if our ways are mostly just based on choices? It's an amalgam of our experience, our opportunities, things we want to be true about our lives. It's not because it's the best way. It's because it's the best way for us. 
When we get upset that someone is not interested in our methods, in our wisdom, in our ways, we've now made it about us. And I actually have to wrangle that in a lot with my clients because I am someone with a particular disposition. I am a bit of a force, but it's born out of my experiences, my motives, my visions. And it's this interesting intersection where, you know, my temperament and my pain points, they propel me into certain directions and they enforce to me loudly what I want to be true about the world. But my brain makes things sometimes too simple, sometimes overly simple when I talk about change. So when I'm talking to clients and I'm, you know, thinking through my pain points, my trajectory, when I, what I want to be true about the world, I'm like, well, you just do A, follow it by B, and then C will be the outcome. It's, it's simple. But it's simple to me because historically I've had success with that and because that's the way my brain works. These are my ways that I'm imparting to someone. And there is an arrogance when I oversimplify for others what could be true about their lives. And so I've really had to check that. And one of next week's episodes will probably speak to this a little bit more, but I do believe we need to walk very humbly when we found something to be true in our life, something that's good, something that has refined us and shaped us and invited us into a space of healthy and into a space of better. We just need to walk humbly with that. So I'm loosely mentoring someone who's doing church ministry. And as we talked, he's talking to me about his process in couples counseling, inviting a husband and a wife into doing better. But he got really stuck on the fact that they wouldn't take his strategies and just run with them. And I said, that's because somehow it's about you. And this can't be about you. This has to be about them. Here's the issue. If we're the solution for someone, not only are we writing a faulty narrative, but if we take that on, we're also the problem when something fails. We're the reason if whatever solution we've offered them doesn't work, and I assure you we will get blamed for it. So if I say to a client, I guarantee this outcome, just do A, B, and C, and it goes sideways, my credibility is shot and their trust in the change process is shot because I'm trying to exact change based on my methods, my strategies, my wisdom, my ways. And that's a problem. When I was working with him on how to best engage these clients, I just said our job is to come alongside of people and help them generate their own solutions. So what makes sense to them? What makes sense to them based on their historical successes? What makes sense to them based on their current resources? And then we help them generate solutions and construct plans that help them successfully reach their objectives. But they have to own the process start to finish because if at any point I own the process for them, number one, it's part of my arrogance to say, hey, I've got the answers for you. And number two, I'm the one they blame if and when it goes sideways. So the same way I don't own their solutions, I will not own their failures because I squarely put it back in their laps. But it has to be a them-centric work. When we're inviting people into change, it has to be about them. Suggestions can be made. But if we turn it personal and we make it about us if there's failure or we make it about us if they don't select our methods, we're just doing it wrong. My ways are my ways because of my choices and my experiences, my failures and my successes. Your ways are your ways because of your trial and error, because of your choices and your experiences. My ways are not my ways because they're best, but because they're the best for me. Your ways have been the best for you. At least that's what I'm going to assume. But that doesn't make it the best for anyone else. So when we feel distressed about someone not changing in our methods or with what we impart to them, we have to ask the question, are we making this about us? And if so, why? Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.